Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for your ROH and Impact podcast show for august 10th holy cow we are in the middle of august already we've got so much wrestling happening we've got so much news breaking which is why sean is here in voice and in spirit but we'll remind you to get into your super chats and your humper chats at humperchats.com as well as to leave a thumbs up on this video helps people find us in the algorithms if you could and I think we're like under 500 subscribers away from 100,000 subscribers. So darn it. Let's get there. Let's drive the rest of the way. My Fightful anniversary is in three days. And it would just, it would warm my heart if we could reach 100,000 by then. And I could also take credit for it. But also yes. going to remind you to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com because there's a ton of news breaking there. And uh, Sean wanted to talk about a specific story that that came to light on there, as well as there's so many things coming out this week. But he's here to talk about the Bray Wyatt news, as promised. Hi, Sean. Hi. Uh, apologies for the dark room. I, I've sustained a concussion, and I'm going to be off the channel for a few days. But I'll be back Monday. We've got a Q&A with Jeremy and Joel on Fightful Select on friday and i am going to be feeding them answers for those of you that are asking questions over there so uh plop down your five bucks i would greatly appreciate it we also had ask grapsity today but we broke a very big story on fightful select the most significant update that we've had about bray wyatt really since that we broke that he he had been suffering from an illness but i i discovered uh, okay, to be honest with you, I've known about the illness and the the particulars around it for a while, but I didn't feel like I was at liberty to discuss that. That's private business, and uh, I got the go-ahead today from uh, people close to him to disclose exactly how serious that was. It was, uh, without specifically naming what it is, because he, I'm sure he will in the future when he's ready, uh, it was a very, very serious illness that left him hospitalized, and it quite frankly threatened his career and his life. And fortunately, 
as of now, it does not look like it will threaten either his career or his life, which is very, very good news. So I did a, a short podcast on Fightful Select to sort of uh, go through the timeline, but basically we're looking at January and it's full steam ahead. You got the LA Knight feud. Eric Young had just been pitched the new Wyatt family is what we'll be call, calling it for the sake of posterity. Uh, but it was going to be Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt, Eric Young, and by the looks of it, it looked like it was going to be Alexa Bliss. There's no way around what, what it is that they were teasing there. Then, unfortunately, the end of February happened, and Bray Wyatt fell ill. And then a couple weeks later, Alexa Bliss hit up WWE, and she said, Sup, I'm pregnant, maternity <laughs> leave, I'm off for the rest of the year. And they said, Okay. Uh, the Bobby Lashley match got canceled, and then, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, this is something. Because you could tell in Bobby Lashley's own words, he couldn't exactly, he didn't know exactly what was happening, what was going on there. Well, the week after WrestleMania, that's when the Endeavor deal got announced, and Eric Young said, I'm not working for Vince McMahon. He asked for his release. He was granted his release. So Alexa out of action, Bray out of action, Eric Young out of the company, and we have not seen Bo Dallas, Uncle Howdy, you since then. Uh, shortly after that, I was told that things were fairly serious with Bray Wyatt, and I actually started to get some of this information because people close to him were kind of upset about uh, some less than reputable sources that were saying things like, oh, it's just a matter of him and WWE and creative, et cetera, just just nailing down something that absolutely was not the case that that had never been the case throughout that period. And there would occasionally be reports. Oh, he's going to pop up here. He's going to pop up there. Never the case. Uh, I can tell you that I asked people very close to him probably half a dozen times. And when it comes down to health related stuff, I don't prod too much, but uh, I was just told it was serious. And uh, fortunately things are looking better. Uh, this was the first positive update I got in the last week. And I asked as recently as a month ago, I asked in early July, and that's when we had posted the update that said that he hadn't been cleared. And uh, it took a while for that to get cleared. And as a result, he was not factored into creative. Um, I, I, and to, to clarify, uh, there were also accurate reports from Mike Johnson that I, that I want to point out. Uh, he said that, he was off internal rosters and I was told, yeah, yeah, that's accurate, but he's still with WWE. And then I think over the last week, uh, Mike Johnson had also reported, well, there, there weren't plans for him, et cetera. I know that we are, have actively reported on select that today there are tentative plans, but you know, at some point that changes, right? Like from, from one day to the next, at some point that changes. And uh, that was relayed to me from the people that I talked to that that was accurate at the time. So uh, Mike is, is very reputable. It was some other sources that were saying things like Alexa would be back in May. And very clearly she had told WWE two months before that, that she was pregnant. And, uh, WWE was very, very aware of what was going on with Bray. And, uh, that was, you know, something that they were cognizant of. Uh, so the stuff that Mike reported was absolutely accurate, but I, I've been told that at least tentatively as of now, there are, there, I wouldn't say creative plans, but the idea that he could be coming back as soon as September. Now, I want to say it is not a guarantee that he comes back in September. He's got to get cleared first. However, at this point, they think that it is much more of a likelihood that he gets cleared. 
And um, I, I should state this, you know, people close to him, people that know Bray, they also know the type of buzz that is kicked up whenever rumors of him returning come about. I mean, that's part of the experience, right? When when Bray's coming back, you you get the the teases and the trailers and the QR codes and I don't know, the toys in the cereal boxes, any any damn thing they can think of. So they're they're very smart. They know that type of stuff too. But ultimately it came down to uh, Bray being okay physically. And I mean, I heard from one of his friends, it was like, hey, just, just making sure that you got the approval for this. And I said, yeah, of course, I would never talk about something like this without getting the, the appropriate approval and, and things like that. But the good news is Bray seems to be uh, on the mend and nearing a return. Who knows what the next several weeks will hold, but hopefully it is good things. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, this is something that's obviously a lot bigger than than wrestling, right? When there's a story like this in play. And there's a few things with Bray that kind of uh, make it a little bit more complicated, I feel like. One being that this is an illness, not an injury, right? So you can't say, like, he broke his femur, you get X to however many weeks. And the other thing is Bray isn't someone who enters the wrestling world in a way where he's he's a you know, a workhorse champion or anything like that. He's someone that doesn't necessarily need to wrestle as often. So the idea of him popping up doesn't automatically mean I'm, I'm wrestling again immediately. So I think there's a lot more temptation around things when the circumstances are what they are, but uh, always appreciate your efforts, Sean, and making sure that these things are handled appropriately and credit to, to Mike Johnson for the way that he handled things too. But um, this is certainly something when when people's careers and lives are at risk that is bigger than uh, wrestling. So I'm glad you were able to to come on here and to clarify. If anybody has any questions in the in the chat, feel free to send in a super chat or a humper chat sure. about it. But we are not here to speculate on health any further than kind of what Sean said. So just if you're gonna save your yeah, money, if, if don't sorry, be like, was it this? Was it that? Yeah, people people that were in my replies saying, yeah, we need details. We need to know what happened. Well, that's that's up to Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt yeah. can or cannot to he can he can disclose that at on on his own. Mia Yim has talked about this publicly. Like when I found out about the Keith Lee thing, like that's not my, that's not for me to break. Like I'm not going to break news of somebody's illness or pregnancy or something like that. Uh, an in-ring injury or something like that, that that's a little bit different, but uh, I've got no desire to, to break that type of information. And uh, I believe that not, not everything is everybody's business. You could argue that literally nothing that I report is anybody's business, but uh, fortunately I, I decide where we kind of draw the line there. And that's where I want to draw the line. And that's, that's what I'm particularly, um, particularly protective over because ultimately I, I do want the talent and the companies that we cover to know that, you know, if it's physical or sexual or criminal in nature, it's something we're going to cover. But when it comes to this stuff, they, they deserve their privacy and they deserve uh, to live a normal life. And I just, yeah, it's, I'm just glad that Bray is supposedly on the mend. And to your point, Kate, when you said Bray, a lot of his stuff is outside the ring. That's what made me like look into that and be like, okay, there's got to be something particularly wrong. Cause my God, they had him on TV for like three months before he wrestled. <laughs> so like, what's another yeah. three months, right? Yeah. And I think that's part of, 
Because the creative going into that mania stretch didn't feel great when things were on track. And then you throw all of this on top of it with the uncertainty around it kind of gets even cloudier like that Bobby Lashley storyline unfortunately just got it was like a little weird to start and then got completely derailed so I get why people were like where did he go and all these things and you could only disclose so much but um glad that he could be on his way back he's certainly ha- a, a force in wrestling it mind wise and creatively so um whatever he's able to contribute when he's re- able to contribute that'll be a very, very yeah. welcome back thing and a, a shot in the arm for the, the product, for sure, too. And uh, to tease a little bit of select stuff, because, of, of course, even though I'm going to be out the next couple of days, we still got select stuff. How about some more return news? Yeah. How about some out of left field that ain't nobody talking about, but they will be talking about it very, very soon. Fightful select. Just a, depends on when I drop it. Probably probably tomorrow or Saturday, I'm thinking. And Matthew Plus says, SRS, why should I pay for AW Dark <laughs> Elevation 2.0? You don't have to because Kate and SP3 are about to review it for you. And exactly. that is our business model is that quite literally people who don't watch it can watch this. And if you do watch it, this is the only place you're going to find anybody talking about it. Uh, this and Impact Wrestling. So there you go. In fact, uh, when I got a little static from Impact Wrestling, uh, I had somebody in the company, a higher up, go to them and say, guess who covers our show? One outlet, Fightful. So I there you go. appreciate that. Uh, guys, <laughs> thanks for, for letting me sneak on a little bit. Uh, guys, please check out Fightful Select. Uh, we're going to have Joel, who is going to be here for Impact. Uh, he and Jeremy are going to be answering your questions. And I'll tell you this, they they have a lot more insight than the average bear's even though, uh, the, the, you know what, jo- Joel's somewhat average. I'll, I'll give him that, but that's I why mean, I'm going to be. F- I don't think Bears know a lot about Impact Wrestling, so I'll I'll just that's start true. with that. Like, that's I don't think true. I don't think many like polar bears just walking around talking about like Jake something's return and you know. But well, I will be feeding them some answers as well for the Q and A. So there's going to be some scoops in there as well. But thank you all so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Sean. Feel better. No better shot. <sighs> Stuff like this makes me really proud to work for that guy. I got to say, not only coming out here when he has his own concussion, but the way that he handles stories like that. And that's something that's uh, important to me as someone who works at a brand. So um, very thankful for his coverage of it. Very thankful for people like Mike Johnson disgusted by a lot of other people in the space <laughs> the way that they did but here at Fightful yeah. we got you covered in the best way that we possibly can and we've got you covered for the ROH post show which we will swing into right now gotta say SP3 I'm excited to talk about this with you you're an ROH guy I'm an ROH gal Reg couldn't be here because he's a West Pro- Coast Pro guy tonight but um I'm very happy to have you on this episode because I feel like the past couple of weeks were back on the upswing. Like I, I felt like things were really falling apart for like four to six weeks before the pay-per-view or so really, really feels like we are um, kind of slowly working our way back toward the ring of honor that we know and love SP3. It feels like stories are actually happening where me and Kate would be on Twitter tweeting each other like the only story going on is Dark Order and Righteous. <laughs> and now we that is done. We have new stories. We got 
Maria recruiting people. We got Athena who's looking for challengers and kind of pinpointing challengers at the same time, kind of showing that she's not like really that heelish and kind of more in a tweener who can verse anybody on the women's roster, which means that this title run can go longer, which I am all for. Uh, you got all these things going on. The tag team division is getting deeper. So yeah, I'm really liking what Ring of Honor has done in the last couple of weeks. Me, you, and Mike McVaney alone. Uh, we've got him chiming in with a, a generous chat here saying it was a really good show tonight. Can't wait to see where the Maria stuff goes, as you were just saying. And glad to see Billy get a win. P.S. Joe and Shame is going to hump. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I'm, I'm very excited for that. Yes. But some more love of other people feeling like this is back on track. Chris saying maybe Tony's trying to put effort back into the ROH stuff. And again, Wombat and Combat. I hope that you're safe right in this moment. Uh, saying, I thought ROH was really good tonight. I do too. And a couple of other things that I appreciated was the caliber of talent that we got. Uh, we had Rachel Elring coming in. That felt like a big deal. We had uh, Rhett Titus being back in this brand that he's so synonymous with. So just kind of refreshing to see who got mixed up in tonight's episode as well. But we are going to dive into it, guys. Get in your super chats and your humper chats and Leave a thumbs up on this video right now. I know Sean always pops a rating, so you might have missed my spiel at the beginning of the show. He recapped the Bray Wyatt stuff that was posted on Select, and we do urge you to subscribe to Fightful Select for the full details on that. And so much more coming out this week. There's a returning talent from, I can't even say injury. It's been a long time since this person was back in the ring, and that's going to drop either tomorrow or Saturday. You had so much news coming out of SummerSlam as well about Cody and Brock, about Becky and Trish and the reason they weren't on the card. Not a very good one in my opinion, but so much more. And we've of course got all in around the corner. So plenty to talk about on Fightful Select. And again, Sean's got his concussion. So he's going to be away for a little bit, but that's not going to stop the flow of news. He's just not going to be having as much screen time. That's why we've got you covered. So let's dive into tonight's episode. Uh, we've, Kick it off with Dalton Castle and Slim J. Now, I don't have a lot of complaints about this episode. I thought it was really strong. But one of my complaints is we got to let these matches pop off when we've got this good of an in-ring roster. We had a lot of like four-minute, six-minute, seven-minute yeah. matches. I would rather have fewer matches for longer lengths of time. But they are trying to build divisions in story. So that's kind of me saying have my cake and eat it too. But this was a, a quick match to get us started. And Dalton Castle, of course, comes out feeding his baby chickens. This guy is just more charisma than we deserve in one single performer. But he's out there with the baby chicks, and they defeat Slim J. Castle got some nice double leg takedowns in here that look really, really good. And a bangerang for the pinfall. He's your future Emmy winner. He's Dalton Castle. I love this guy. He's just such an incredible... Uh, performer and i gotta say when you go there live it's a really big um pop for him always but with this kind of choppy taping schedule where you do an hour before collision and an hour after he's such a breath of fresh air because it's just like the second his theme hits everybody's into it you wake back up in the crowd really really good stuff but sp3 what did you think of this match to kick us off 
and he just brings so much energy. Dalton Castle is just so good, and he just leaves an impression. If you, especially if you're like a new fan coming to you know a taping of Collision, and you only know AEW, and you're getting an ROH, even if you've never seen Dalton Castle before, you're gonna enjoy him or be interested by him. So yeah, like you said, his charisma just jumps off the screen. And I also agree with you. This match was way too short because these guys, this is like the perfect opponent for Dalton where he's not just all charisma he can kind of show off his wrestling ability where he has the suplexes he has the amateur background he can do more of like the groundwork and submission work he can do all of that and when he's versing someone who's very kind of much a smaller guy and more athletic who can bump around for him like slim J, I want to see kind of like maybe a seven eight minute match i'm not even i'm not even trying to eat that much cake i just want a little bit more of a slice i want a standard slice not a slim slice not a slim j slice uh but yeah i think i thought this was a good opener like you said dalton just brings the energy to the crowd and it's very much a difference you know between the matches that are taped before collision and after collision because the crowd is a lot more vocal and you don't see as many of the empty seats which is still like an eyesore on me that's my only complaint about the show really <laughs> Sure, and that is tricky to balance, too, because similar to how Dynamite feels live, in my experience, Collision is also two hours with your foot on the gas. Like, there is not, like, a lot of downtime, so I feel like pretty much every episode of Collision has had one match, too, where you're like, holy shit, I need a cigarette after that. Like, it's so, so good, so... Um, those ebbs and flows are are kind of tricky to navigate. So I'm I'm with you. There's definitely a shift in energy, but feeling dreepy chiming in with something that I also thought, which I appreciated that man, Slim J goes from having no screen time to a battle royal named after him on Sunday to losing to Dalton Castle in the first match of ROH. Honestly, that's progress. This show was really solid. Real matches that had a lot of stories being built, almost worth all the $10. This has felt like a, a completely refocused product over the past couple weeks, and I love to see it. Um, you Have you felt that way, too? It almost feels like they kind of flipped a switch. It hasn't even been that gradual. It was just all those simple changes that we were asking for. Yeah, I want to see more of it, but I think like you like you said, they're just building out divisions, they're making people kind of have a story and they're kind of fleshing out other people like we're going to talk about, you know, people on the other card that don't exactly have a story, but you can see that they're kind of evolving before our eyes like the infiltrate. So they're doing stuff with people that, you know, they don't have a feud or kind of a concentrated story for. It's that we're evolving. They're picking up wins. So we're seeing that from even the lower card. So it, it feels like it's kind of from the bottom up that they're doing where the only thing that's kind of glaring that they haven't done anything for is the ROH World Championship. We're kind of feel like we're going back to like I, I for longer ROH fans. Nigel McGinnis, the final three months of his reign back in 2009, where he beat Brian Danielson and ended that feud, which was the main feud of his storyline. Like, <laughs> it was like three, four months before he lost the title to Jerry Lynn. So they were just throwing pro wrestling Noah people. He versus Kenta during that time, Naramichi Marafuji. So we already had Death Before Dishonor with Pac. And it feels like with Claudio and the ROH World Championship, we're kind of in the Jade Cargill TBS title, wait for Chris Statlander, where they're waiting for Eddie to come back from Japan. Definitely. And I I have a little bit of wiggle room up to an extent because they also tried to build out something with 
Mark Briscoe, right? And then he had yeah. the injury. I do feel like, hey, it's your world champion. You should probably do something with that guy. But I also get it. You had this long-term story. I can't even call it long-term. It was decades long. If you go back to the origins of this thing with Eddie Kingston, clearly there was some sort of plan in place. Uh, you and I, I'm sure, will talk about Eddie Kingston's G1 at some point because oh, I thought it was so we, perfect and wonderful. Can we just quickly have a quick prayer that we can get Eddie versus Claudio at Grand Slam for the ROH World Championship? I just thought about that. I just thought about I'll be there. I'll be there for Grand Slam. Can we get that? Because I, I think that people had their expectations too high, saying Eddie and MJF. I think it's a little bit more reasonable to ask for Eddie and Claudio and Eddie wins the world championship in New York. So I'm going to have to issue several retractions because I am constantly complaining about them not defending it on the ROH product. But come on, that moment would be so big. Oh, that would feel so that feels so right. It feels so right to do that. I'm I'm with you on that, SP3. I love that. And of course, we saw um, he gets to wrestle his hero, Kawada, at uh, StarCast, which is just like all the feels. So happy for Eddie Kingston. He's going to come back. He's coming back from Japan. He's going to win the big one, finally. He's going to beat Claudio. He's going to finally hold a title under this umbrella. I'm convinced of it. And if not, I'm going to complain about it on the internet. How they about that? They want to make it bigger? Title for title. Strong openweight champion versus ROH Ooh. world champion. If they just, if, if people gonna be like, oh, you're putting ROH on the on the AEW show again. It's a title versus title. It's interpromotional. You got two different promotion title on a different promotions uh, show. Personally. Well, here I also feel like um, I'm okay with people defending their titles on AEW. I think that makes sense. You're trying to drive people to a paywalled product that is your developmental. It makes sense to do that. It doesn't make sense to only do that. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to exclusively defend certain ROH titles on AEW and have them not carry over into anything. Love what they're doing with MJF and Cole. We got to chat about that, and we're going to talk about that. But not before we talk about my boys, the Iron Savages, defeating Lucky Ali, who's a, a talent. I believe that works mostly the Southern Circuits on the independent scene, and Brady Pierce. Lucky Ali's great. I've seen him, I think, twice in ROH and been really impressed both times. But this was all the Iron Savages. And I love that they're finally getting some love and attention. I've been singing their praises for a long time. But another quick match this we're on about 315. But you get Boulder dropping Bronson from his shoulders onto Ali for the pinfall. Seems like as they've kind of reinvigorated their characters, they're still doing a lot of the big boy stuff, of course. But they're also kind of throwing in some more playful tandem offense like this finish and i thought this was a lot of fun for a squash what did you think yeah i'm liking what the Iron savages have been able to do kind of making this whole kind of meathead character kind of work for them uh and i i kind of I kind of compare them to kind of a mixture of heavy machinery and war machine not the viking raiders war machine uh war machine and heavy and heavy machinery kind of in one with the iron savages so i'm liking them and i think if they continue with the wins they can be something in this tag team division that's a really great comparison and i feel like there's a lot of fun feuds that are awaiting them like they yeah. they always make whoever they're working with look really great the talent i know that have worked them have said like they're a dream to to work with uh, which is always awesome to hear. And I, I think they're a bunch of fun. So very happy to see them 
starting to get a little momentum behind them. I think that's a whole bunch of fun. And I also love getting a little outlandish on my screen, SP3. Outlandish. Zicky Dice. Look, we stole Zicky from the impact piece of this post show and we brought him yes. over to ROH, okay? Joel and Cresta now have to live in a world where they don't get to talk about Zicky Dice. We get to talk about Zicky Dice. I'm happy about it, but this was a fun match, and I was really happy to see Zicky pop up here. I, I think the world of this guy, I feel like Impact really dropped the ball on him because I felt like he was kind of tailor-made for an environment with Impact. Like, he's yeah. that perfect blend of, hey, I'm really damn good in the ring, but boy, I can do anything you throw at me character-wise. Serious. He put all this, like, it felt like a horror movie I was watching on his social media. He's hysterical. He's got a great look. He stands out on any roster he's in. And right before he signed with Impact, he was in an MLW Battle Royal and got a huge pop. Very happy to see him show up on Ring of Honor. Also really glad to see him showing up somewhere else. Like, that just makes me happy that he's riding that momentum. But he is on the losing end here with Movie Mike, M-Y-K-E, I think, Mike. Uh, but we get <laughs> Dean catching him with a spinning DDT and then... A huge boot into a Russian leg sweep to finish Mike off. I love this finishing sequence. They've kind of pulled this out a couple yeah. times now, and I, I really, really like how fluid everything looks. And I also, man, I just love the infantry. I really, really love what this has grown into. Thought they were a great tag team. Adding Trisha Dora into the fold just adds this whole other, like, awesome element to it. So much cohesion. They look great. They've really started to add a little bit more depth with some backstage stories. We saw a lot of Athena tonight. We saw a lot of Maria tonight. The infantry is kind of getting that too. We saw that those interactions with Stokely Hathaway. We're just seeing, we're seeing them dance backstage and have some fun. I love to see it. This is really, really good. And I think if you can have these guys in the middle upper card of your tag programs, I think it's going to do wonders. Cause I think Trisha Dora is definitely a future ROH women's champion. I don't know if the rest of the infantry becomes, ROH tag champions, probably if they do in a more transitional way, but they feel important. They feel like a force on the show, and that's all I'm asking for out of this. So between that well, and getting outlandish, I'm a happy camper. What did you think? This is all all good. I'm all good on both sides of this. Ziggy Dice, he's so charismatic, so glad to see him on the show, and he's, he's very underrated in the ring as well, and he showed a little bit of that in the matchup. As far as the the infantry, I 100% agree with you. I think that they're they're putting it all together. They feel like kind of like a main roster act that got brought to NXT and they're reforming their their whole gimmick to come back to to AEW. Like that's how it feels. Like that that's what's going on. Like putting Trisha Dora with them, coming up with the finisher with the cool finisher name Boot Camp that fits in with the with their whole gimmick. Uh, you know, they're getting the crowd behind them in in small ways as well. So I like how they're pulling it all together. Like you're saying they could be like a lower up car middle card team. They could be the ROH world champions if All MJF right. and Adam Cole win because MJF can't beat Sean D. That I was. You took the words out of my mouth. Okay, who's got the winningest record against MJF? Probably at all of AEW. It's the captain Sean Dean. All right, I am. I am quite frankly stunned. I am startled that MJF agreed to sniff anywhere around ROH while Sean Dean is there, much less in the same division, okay? MJF's yeah. duck and wrestle pro shows when Sean Dean is in my backyard. Like, 
he has avoided the ROH product entirely just because of Sean Dean. You can't convince me it's any other reason whatsoever. I am, I am frankly shocked. Everybody's like, oh, the kingdom's going to interfere to advance the Roddy stuff. No, 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 no. If anybody's costing MJF wins, it's Sean Dean. So I'm looking for the infantry at Wembley on the zero hour cost. They're going to cash MJF. in. They're going to cash, cash in. in. They're right after cash in MJF and Adam He's like, I love oh, it. God, not this guy again. Oh my God. Better than who, baby? Not the infantry. I'll tell you that much. All right. Not today. But let's talk about this Adam Cole and MJF storyline for a minute. I love it. We got Chris asking, what do we think of Max and Cole winning the ROH tag titles? Uh, this is something that I think is a really interesting and smart way to keep the momentum of MJF and Adam Cole going. And also a really unique storytelling device that we don't see a lot where something on the zero hour is probably going to affect something that happens literally later in the card at the biggest wrestling show in history. I'm not counting WCW North Korea. That was its own thing. Okay. We're calling this the biggest card for at least what I'm my criteria for it. So I just love the idea of kind of bookending a show with something that is probably not going to be the, you know, the longest match in the world. I don't think we're going to get a tag classic because they have to wrestle later, later the same night. Um, and I think this is going to be used to advance a story. I think it's going to be awesome. Saucy opens great. And so are MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, but what are your thoughts on them coming into the ROH tag fold? I think it's a great way to get some eyes on the product after this. I think that it's kind of, it kind of fits kind of multiple different facets. Like you said, like it's put, promoting the ROH product and putting eyes on it by putting it on their biggest show of all time, uh, you know, in front of that 80,000, you know, fans in Wembley Stadium. So it puts them on a big platform. Makes a lot of sense having Aussie Open there because they're Aussie Open, but they were born and bred in the UK. Like they were, they made their name in the UK, United Empire all day. Like that's their their territory. So makes sense to put them on the card. But most of all, it feels like AEW is basically saying, this is our answer to the bloodline. This is our storyline. This is the storyline we are putting the promotion under. This is the storyline that we are giving the main event of our biggest show ever. We're not only giving the main event of our biggest show ever, we're putting them on the pre-show to start off and get the late buys for us as well. Like we are just making this the front line and center. And you also saw that last night on Dynamite where like a half an hour to maybe 40 minutes was dedicated to MJF and Adam Cole. And it was great television every single time. So Cinema, it just makes one sense. It, it, one would say, one would say, we don't say that word around these parts, but one would say. Um, <laughs> Reg, Reg isn't here. I'm getting I'm getting my cinema punches in while I can. But I agree with you. I MJ like the comparison to the cinema. Oh, my God. Taking out kids. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff with this. I'm all for this. I, I think this is great. And I think there's delicate ways to do things like um, incorporate AEW talent into ROH programming in a one-off or a short-term program. And then there's also things that we'll probably be saying of, look, they've got nothing on the AEW main roster for a while. Why not take these seasoned veterans and go have them work with this younger talent? So I'm just glad it feels like there's some plans in place. And I got to say, from the AEW umbrella overall, I felt like last week was one of the most cohesive weeks that they had in a really long time. Things on Rampage and Collision affected Dynamite and ROH. We saw... Uh, so much happened with Diamante on ROH and that immediately get paid off on collision. 
we saw the women's wrestling picture that was unfolding on Rampage immediately come into play on Dynamite. So just a really, really nice pullback to the higher view of what is going on heading into the biggest wrestling show ever. And how are we making it work across all four brands of wrestling? That's not an easy thing to do, but they, they really had a strong week this past week, I feel like. So good stuff happening and more great stuff happening with Lee Moriarty and the giant Andrew Everett, who's seven foot four. He might have got thrown in the dryer and shrunk a little bit, but he's seven foot four as far as we are concerned. A fun little match here. If you're not familiar with Andrew Everett, you should be. He's great. He was formerly an ROH tech with Griff Garrison for a while. He's been working the indies and bouncing all around, but he's a whole bunch of fun. And similarly, has to Zicky Dice, he's got kind of like a, a fun character, fun gimmick here, but also a really great wrestler. I loved the finish of this. Everett kind of taking this airplane spin into the Border City stretch. There were some fun corner spots here, but Lee Moriarty picking up the W. Lee standing all on his own. He doesn't have Big Bill. He doesn't need Big Bill. And considering you got Lee Moriarty against Andrew Everett, you would think, like, if ever there was a match that Lee Moriarty would need an equalizer like Big Bill, it's going to be against the seven foot four giant <laughs> Andrew Everett. Uh, but he got it done tonight. Your thoughts on this match? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Former Impact World Tag Team Champion, Andrew Everett. But, you know, let's, let's be serious with the people here, just in case they didn't watch Ring of Honor. Andrew Everett is obviously not 7'4", ladies and gentlemen. What? Like most guys... He's embellishing by four inches. He's at least seven feet tall. Yeah, I think he's, he's seven he's foot least, one. He, yeah. yeah, he's like seven. Seven you know, foot they, they, boots they, on, right? 
Yeah. They they told me the giant was seven foot four, and then he turned to seven feet when he came to WWE. They told me Undertaker was seven foot tall, and then he was short next to Big Show. Like, yeah, they always lie about the height. So, and Allen Iverson was six feet tall when I stood next to him. He was my height. I'm five foot eight <laughs> or something like. Yeah. So yeah, Andrew Everett is seven feet tall, ladies and gentlemen. But I thought this match was really really good. Uh, these guys, I this is another match. I wish got more time for for like four or five minutes. It was really really good. But if it got more time, it would be more a memorable matchup and maybe even impress some people with Andrew Everett, who's very talented for what he does, has a fun uh, gimmick, like you said, and can get over with the crowd because of his athleticism. So showed a little bit of that here, but I wanted to see more, but good for what it was. I agree. We're about to swing into a match that probably could have been one of those things that could have gotten sacrificed to give some other matches on this card, the breathing room that they needed. But we're going to ask you to get in your super chats and your humper chats and also stay tuned for the impact post show, which comes up usually between 10 Oh five and 10, 10 uh, at the top of the next hour, the beginning of this stream had Sean reviewing some of the stuff that was going on with Bray Wyatt. So if that's what you came here looking for, you can find that at the very beginning of the video. So much more happening on fightfulselect.com this week. Oh, man, we're going to ask you to leave a thumbs up on this video. We're going to ask you to subscribe so we can get to 100,000 subscribers. We ask a lot of you guys, but you always show up in droves, and we really, really appreciate it. It's been really fun to do this ROH post show the past couple weeks because it was getting a little dodgy. It felt like we were just reviewing a collection of really good matches, but we feel back on track, so I'm excited to have the enthusiasm heading into things. I got SP3 filling in for Reg, so very Happy day here in ROH land, but stay tuned because Impact had a heck of a show as well, it looks like. We got Greg Cherry saying, hi, two lovely people. Insert 69 joke here. Nice. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never made a 69 joke in my life. Hey, uh, hey, what, can we can we talk about the fact that before today, Tensuyo Naito had 69 wins in the G1 Climax Tournament. In the G1 Climax Tournament. That was a line said on commentary today. Had a climax at 69. My goodness. Naito. See, now I know it's his to win. I thought it was going to be it's his, his to win. win anyway, cool. But, like, come on. That's Kismet, right? I love it. Come on. I love we all it. know it's Naito's year. It's Naito's year. And we just got confirmation that that's the case. Because I got to tell you, man, it can't be equals year. It can't. It can't. Oh, God. Please. What is happening? In that block. Blame Sanal, my 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 co-host over at Ace Tecker's New Japan podcast on wrestling. She said Evil would beat Shigo, and now he's done to beat the world champion. It's all Sanal's fault. I can't even argue because there is a story there, and it makes wrestling sense. But it's it's got to stop. We got to stop it here. Yes, we're cutting it because, off. Because I, I have the fear of God that I'm going to wake up Sunday morning and Evil is going to beat Kazuka Okada. The, the guy that has only been beaten three times, Kate, by Sonata, Brian Danielson, and Will Ospreay this year. I do not need to add evil in that illustrious list of names. SP3, I will not be well if that happens. <laughs> I will not be well. But something that is working well is Tony Nese. I'm kind of digging this. This personal trainer gimmick, and it feels like maybe they're splitting him off from Josh Woods, which is also something at this point I'm in favor of. Earlier in the night, we get Tony Neese and Smart Mark declining the opportunity to wrestle Pat Buck. He says he's going to hold an obesity intervention. 
because Waffle House is what was recommended to him as the health food store that immediately gets a crowd going into a chant. If you know anything about Cassidy Haynes, stay away from Waffle House. But we got Pat Buck here. This was honestly, and I like Pat Buck a lot, and the match was not bad. Um, you have a very bloated AEW and ROH roster. I'm not sure why Pat Buck's getting like in ring reps, but all right. He sets up a power bomb, but Nice transitions into a really nice cradle for the near fall on this. Nice getting the running knee and the corner for the pinfall. I just felt like this didn't really need to happen tonight. Um, there was so much good wrestling that I felt like got cut short. There weren't any problems with this per se. I'm just looking at a kind of loaded card here and saying that felt a little superfluous. Like I didn't need that here, but nothing wrong with the match that we got per se. Uh, any thoughts here? 100% agree with everything you just said. It wasn't needed <laughs> on this show, especially because it's two New York guys. And you know, we're both from the East Coast, Kate. If you're going to do that match, you do it in Long Island or something like that. You don't do it in South Carolina. What are we even doing? But there's no reason to do it then. You do it, it at WrestlePro, 20 minutes from where <laughs> I live. <laughs> you, do it, you do it at WrestlePro. But you do it on like a, a Long Island, a collision tape for ROH. You can do it then. But here, was it really needed? No. But I'm glad Tony Nese picked up a win. If Pat Buck's just here to job to people who are kind of on the undercard who need wins, so they are credible people for the upper card to beat, then I'm fine with it. But yeah. Was Agreed. It we have we have some people in the chat saying like Pat Buck looked good in the ring and he was over. I'm not arguing any of that. I'm just saying where's sunny kiss you know what i mean or where yeah where's eli isom or those kinds of things um now pat buck travels with the company so he could have been a guy that was in the locker room that had gear that they needed to come out and eat and pinball i understand that um but i wasn't like yeah okay like in an episode where there was like a lot of yeah okay and a lot of i, I would have rather seen another five minutes of dalton castle and slim J, for example so that that's just kind of where i'm at but Picking nits on an episode that was mostly very positive tonight. This again, nothing wrong with this, but nothing where I was like, "Oh, this kicked ass." But I'll yeah. tell you what did elicit that reaction for me tonight. Oh my gosh, we get. Oh, I think Luis. I think you skipped a match in our breakdown. Oh no! Oh, oh my no, gosh! Oh no! Did you skip over the workhorseman, or is that later? maybe no i think the workhorseman wasn't that later that was i think we i think we got a vignette I think yeah we got a vignette here yeah that was the interview was the in yeah. yeah 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 uh so we do interview. we get a quick interview here they're angling for a six-man title shot which is great um who is going to be their partner i'm intrigued to find out but let's dive into <laughs> he just put F word gates of agony in the workhorseman segment. And we also do get the match on the back of this, but we will talk about Athena and Rachel Elring first because that's what the chat is always lighting up about. Doc Mueller, the other technical wizard that is not Zack Saber Jr., who had an awesome match with Okada. I knew I would bring it up because SB3 was here and we are both on this ZSJ front. It was so good. Excellent. I can tell it like I told I told my friend I watched it with my friend right before I watched Ring of Honor. And I was like, I could explain this to a six-year-old. Guy does Incredible. signature moves, guy reverses it into submissions. 
That's the match. That's all the match really was. <laughs> all of Okada's signature stuff. Zack Sabre Jr. transitioned it. into submissions. <laughs> it was the best. I also went back and watched it right before ROH. Um, I love, love, loved it. But our other technical wizard, Doc Mueller, who, if you have any issues with your Bleacher Report app, especially with All In and All Out coming up, he's the guy to hit up. BR underscore doctor on Twitter. He'll fix everything for you. And if you message him now, he can preemptively guarantee that your Bleacher Report app is going to work. But he chimes in here to say, weekly Athena rules message. Jester Design saying, honestly, I thought I wouldn't mind Athena going after the TV title or dragging someone along to take tag titles. Uh, there is this feeling I think a lot of people are having where they're having a bit of a Sophie's choice because it feels like Athena should never lose her title or a match again, but it also feels like uh, she might be outgrowing her position here in ROH. You kind of can't contain this to a developmental-ish paywalled program anymore. I feel like it's time to unleash her in the AW women's division in wrestling it's one of my favorite title reigns in wrestling. We just talked Zack Sabre Jr. Athena's my other one. And Orange Cassidy and Gunther, also right there. It is the year of the workhorse titles. I am in on those. But uh, Athena especially, God, she just feels so different than anything else they have going in the AEW roster, kind of in all of wrestling. She has this very specific lane that is so unique to her as a heel that I am just in love with. And I also thought this match with Rachel Elring was great. This was the best I've seen Rachel Elring look in a while too. Really, really good chemistry tonight. In my opinion, Athena hitting the O face for the win. I really liked the spot where Elring um, got out of the cravat and started to get this comeback going right before the pinfall. She hits a boot. She's got a spinning elbow and a sling blade in there. She hits the black hole sun for the near fall. But Athena being the champion that she is, guess out of this. This one was a seven-minute match. This is another one I could have seen go 10, but this I thought was fantastic. It also felt important, and it wasn't just like local talent gets squashed in a proving ground match by Athena. Um, Rachel Elring has some notoriety here. This was a really nice change of pace. Your thoughts on what you see next for Athena? Do you feel like her title reign is ending soon? And what did we think of what we got tonight? Really like the match with Rachel Ellering. I think Rachel Ellering's probably one of the more talented female wrestlers out there that is unsigned. And I would love to see her kind of a place, not only just sign her, but kind of like invest in her and get behind her. Because, you know, she had her time in Impact Wrestling, but I didn't really think they got behind her like they could have. But glad to see her get this opportunity here. Uh, I, I like the fact that she kind of pushed the time limit for the Proving Gal matchup against Athena, and they worked well with one another. And Athena, man, just the best thing on Ring of Honor television, the best thing in wrestling, the best woman's wrestler in North America right now. I don't, I say it kind of apprehensively because not a lot of people are, are you know, watching Ring of Honor. But if you are watching, you know, you know well, what's going on. You should be aware if you aren't. If you, my thought on that is if you tell me, that it's Sheeta. I can't argue with you on that. But if you tell me it's Athena, I also can't argue with you on that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I don't think you're, there's anything inherently wrong about that take. I think you can throw other names in the mix, but this Athena run has been so productive. And I think we're starting to see, I don't want to say that air let out of the balloon because that sounds negative, 
But we're starting to see the yeah. payoff of everything they've invested in her come to light. We saw it with Diamante last week where it was like someone was kind of gaining on her. She's still got to win, but there's someone that feels like real deal competition now. Rachel Ellering, an impressive name coming in here. We're going to talk about legit Layla in a second. I think she's a candidate. My yeah. God, Trisha Dora, I could see dethroning her. There's a lot of ways they could go with this. You could also bring in Naomi or Mercedes or whatever. So I think we're starting to see the fruits of the labor that she's been sowing start to come to life a little bit where it feels like as much fun as it is watching her just rip through porcelain trash hussies. It is also really nice to see her in the ring with someone like Rachel Elring. Um, to your point, she was uh, done with her Impact Knockouts run, I think a couple months ago at this point. Never really fully clicked. I think there's something inherently at odds about her style and the bubbliness of her personality that they never quite unlocked. Um, and that's tough. That's like a thing where it works really, really, really well when it does lock in to have like Willow's a great example, like so yeah. magnetic, so much fun, but like she'll kick your ass. That's a that's not always an easy thing to figure out how to present to people. So I hope she finds her footing somewhere like that. Um we saw tonight. I, I think this was a, a better kind of effort and facing someone like Athena is a really good way to pull that out of you. So good think, stuff there. I think the main reason why I think Athena is like the best woman's wrestler, because like you said, she does just as good in the ring, but Athena's like the total package. Like she's got the character work down pat right now where she just has that kind of like boss feeling and like the final boss kind of aura to her and she's building that and it kind of feels akin where she started off as this heel and as this title reign is coming along and she's being so dominant dominant and beating challenger after challenger you're starting to hear the crowds kind of get behind her and that's why we like what i like what happened later on in the night which we're going to get into because it reminded me a little bit of kevin steen's roh world championship run yep. where he was the main heel but the more people he beat the more the fans were just like no we love this guy we, we remember we love this guy and i think that's what's happening with athena right now i agree and there's also when you're that in control of the character aspect of what you do and the way that she is, everything feels so intentional. That's what I loved with Diamante last week. Like she didn't beat Diamante down after that was a big deal. And then to give her props backstage, it's like, Oh, that means something because she has been so dominant. And she was talking about Diamante finding a missing piece. And she kind of came in and had a missing piece and found it. Like all of these things, when you are that, including to who you are as a wrestler, really, really, really start to pay off. And we are seeing some awesome stuff in that regard. Let's talk about the Athena promo that we got as well. Uh, this was really, really well done. She starts going off about how she's everyone's champion. She's the trio's champion. This is her program. She can't believe that someone would even question whether or not she's the MVP. I loved this because it was a lot of what we've been saying collectively, right? Like, where are those other champions? Athena's there week in and week out. Um, so she is all those champions and she is the MVP of this brand. Really liked what we got from this today. And we also see her with Billy Starks in this a little bit later. We're going to talk about it. But um, I, I really liked that they have started to reward and expand the roles of things that are working. Maria Canellis, for example, it feels like the kingdom's been there. Feels like they were the tag champions this whole time, to be honest. Um, Athena is working. They've expanded those things. Samoa Joe is working. They 
are going to put him in the ring with a legend like Stokely Hathaway, uh, known for his in-ring prowess. So I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And I like that they're diving deeper with the things that are kind of clicking in here. Good stuff. I love the chemistry with Lexi and Athena. It's cool. So good. It's so, it's so good. So good. It's like Lexi walks this line of like, hello, I am a professional and I am scared shitless. And I am here talking to you. And Athena just eats it up. Really, really it, good it, stuff. It reminds me of The Rock and Michael Cole. When Michael Cole used to be a backstage interviewer. <laughs> that is a really good comparison. I really, really like that. Because there's just like this, I'm intimidated, but I'm here to work kind of uh, <laughs> air, which I love. So now we get into the match that I was referencing before. We get into the workhorsemen. And they're confronted by Prince Nana, as we were talking about a little bit earlier with the six-man shot. We get the Gates of Agony defeating Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake here. Uh, I liked a lot of this match. I've been singing the praises of the workhorsemen for a while. Uh, Henry missing a moonsault off the middle ropes here. And Loba and Khan planning him face first into the mat for the pinfall. I really liked this match. I like that they acknowledged, like, hey, they're six-man champions, but they're here as a tag team. I've been asking them to resolve that for a really long time. I am at the point where I feel like they owe me FTR versus the Workhorsemen. I, they owe it to me to make me feel like I am in mid-80s NWA watching tag team wrestling. That is the vibe I get from all of this. Anthony Henry, especially, and J.D. Drake is great, too. I've been singing his praises for a long time. He's such a difference maker in matches. I love how... His opponent can get all this momentum. And he's like, well, no, I'm going to chop you. And all of that's going to come to a screeching halt because I'm a big boy and I'm here to kick your ass. But Anthony Henry tonight, I felt like, showed out in an entirely different level. Some of the corner spots. He just knows how to work a big guy without making himself look like a pathetic little guy. Like, he looks really, really strong, but he knows how to sell the hell out of working with bigger dudes like this. Absolutely adored this. This one did get time. I really... Really, really like the Workhorsemen. And I like that the two tag teams I've been complaining about on the internet, the Workhorsemen and the Iron Savages, getting to show off what they do best. This was really fun. What did you think? I I enjoyed this. I thought it was a little bit clunky towards like the end. It just felt like there was like kind of like a mistiming. I think it started with JD's comeback when he tried to do like a DDT combo on both guys yes. and uh, Khan didn't go down. And then I think like the, uh, the, the pin cover by Anthony Henry, where it kind of looked like he pushed Khan towards the rope. I know it was supposed to be Khan went to the rope yeah. at the end, but it looked <laughs> like he pushed him to the rope. So that, that withstanding, I did enjoy it. And I did like the fact that JD Drake, they pointed out that this is like the first time anyone this big has won against uh, the gates of agony and the gates of agony have really sold for them because they're usually facing these kind of high flyers, smaller guys where they can get some offense by using their speed or their agility but you don't really see power moves made on the gates of agony but we saw it here with jd drake and like you said anthony henry i think is so underrated and he's he's always kind of like the more underrated between him and jd drake because jd drake does stuff that guys his size don't usually do but anthony henry he's just in the right spot when he needs to be he just very he paces his matches really well so i think he's very underrated and like you said workhorsemen man they should get a lot more but when i saw this matchup i was like ah oh, gates of agony gonna win because workhorsemen man 
Workhorse men. It seems like the kingdom got got their graduation and they're in an AEW program. <laughs> so the new kingdom that always loses all the time tag team is the workhorse. When it's a tag team match between real tag teams, I always expect when it, I always expect the workhorse men to lose. Just like anytime kingdom went for the ROH tag team titles, I was like. <laughs> They're going to lose. They're going to lose. <laughs> Agree with you. And the, the end did get clunkier. You're right. It feels like maybe some of these guys just got gassed a little bit. Like it, yeah. it uh, got a little bit messy of this one went 11 minutes and this one probably could have gone eight and we could have thrown that on to, <laughs> to something else. Just like a little bit off, but overall really uh, fun stuff. And I just like what's developing here. We're getting stories. We're getting stakes. Everything is intentional, yes. which is all we ever really want it guys we're coming down the home stretch in a little bit here getting your super chats and your humper chats stick around for the impact post show you're gonna have the amazing wonderful cresta the star cresta is so great uh stick around for her and then also joel will be here so that's cool uh but (laughs) my favorite canadian my favorite canadian not named kenny omega christian cage uh bret hart um owen hart um yeah, all those guys. Except for those, my favorite Canadian. Do you like Joel better than Jericho? Yeah. Yeah. What about Don Callis? Oh, that's hard. I'll, okay, I'll take Don because, you know, true heel. True heel. Sure, of course. Uh, <laughs> what about Alanis, what about Alanis Morissette? Oh, my sister really liked her. No, but I'll take Joel. I'll take Joel. I think Over Joel Alanis? I think about- Joel could sing in that. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Celine yeah. Dion. Ooh. Nah. You know, I sang Selena Dion Celine Dion for his uh birthday too. So I gotta pay respect. So Celine Dion goes over him as understandable. Well. And, the weekend. and the weekend. And the weekend. In the weekend, okay. Yeah. I mean and the cast of Degrassi. Well, I mean, I didn't even have to ask yeah. that one. I knew what the answer to that was, but um it is all coming back to me now. So and that's not a slight of Joel. It's just Celine's a legend. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, no slight to you. No slight. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Reynolds I, above him too. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. See, this isn't an insult to Joel. It's just like, come no. on, it's Ryan Reynolds. You know what I mean? No. But he's in the top 35, 40, top 40 Canadians. Top 40 time. Canadians. Casey Kasem would count them down. That's pretty good. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take top it. 40. Casey Kasem. That reminds me of the Saved by the Bell episode when Casey Kasem hosted oh the dance God. contest, and Lisa and oh God, Screech were the had the worst routine. But just because Lisa broke they did her the sprain, like, the sprain. How she dare you? That was the worst routine. That was the worst routine. Slater and Kelly had the best routine. What are we doing here? On the adversity scale, it's like Cody Rhodes. Lisa Turtle with the sprain. Okay. <laughs> How dare you? She's got There's one leg out this. there. I thought you were going to say Casey Kasem in the Zack attack. Oh, yeah. That's let's true. Let's not forget, he made multiple friends appearances. Forever. We'll be friends. friends. No, but Zach, but Zach did that. I cracked up every single, even as a kid. We'll be friends. We'll be friends. I was like, that's not your voice. Like, oh my, isn't it so funny? I was like, I was seven and knew that was not your voice, man. Like, man. It's like, that's not your voice. Uh, I wish, see, not only did I not get us a proper border for our frame tonight, but knowing how much you like to talk about 90s stuff, I could have gotten like a pink fuzzy border. We could have, yeah. this whole, this whole show could have been a dream sequence, SP3. 
would have been great. I would have been, people wouldn't even know if it's real. They wouldn't know. They would be like, I thought this was a wrestling review show, and now I'm in an 80s rom-com dream. I don't understand what happened, but I'll tell you who's a gal of my Touch dreams. Touch the furry wall. Touch the furry wall. Um, but yeah. <laughs> The gal of my dreams, the pink fuzzy border around my heart, is Layla Hirsch, who defeats Angela Risk quickly here with Maria Kanellis in her Barbie power suit. Love to see it. Watching on from the entrance, Hirsch with a dominant win here, tapping out Risk with the armbar. And we get Athena confirming with Lexi Nair that she is the face of ROH and that Athena uh, is looking for more women to beat up, essentially, after this. I think Layla Hirsch is angling for this title. She also had beautiful sparkle eyeshadow on. We're going to talk about um, Layla Hirsch. Well, let's talk about it now since this is all in the same storyline, actually. Uh, Layla is backstage with really pretty sparkle eyeshadow, as I noted. Um, and she says that that belt looks great and she wants to, to go for it. But Maria kind of makes her pause and says that she needs to work on her confidence a little bit here. She knows she has it inside her, but... Uh, I actually didn't love the way that that got laid out because in my head, I'm like, why wouldn't Layla Hirsch be confident? She's beaten everybody she's faced and she's come back and she's Layla freaking Hirsch. So I didn't like love the reasoning for it, but I love the pairing of Maria Canellas and Layla Hirsch and a woman being kind of absorbed into the stable of the kingdom. Like I love mixed stables. So I liked that the wording around this was a little bit weird. Like I, I think Layla Hirsch is and should be plenty confident already, but what were your thoughts on this? And do you think we're headed toward Layla Hirsch and Athena? Because I'm excited. I would be so down for that. But I think that Maria's thinking 3D chess, y'all. Yes, Layla Hirsch is being everybody. But she ain't being no Athena. So Maria's like, Let someone <laughs> else beat Athena. You keep building up wins, gaining your confidence. Where someone else beats Athena, we can swoop in there. <laughs> okay, I'm not mad about that. I'm There's not mad about that. There's only one person I think we can all agree that uh, should beat Athena, should be the one to dethrone Athena, and has beaten Athena and proven she could beat an Athena, and that's Willow Nightingale. If you're not going to give her the AEW Women's World Championship, throw that ROH Women's World Championship on her. Maybe they're waiting to final battle, so Layla, just bide your time. We'll find someone for you to, to break their bones. You'll be fine. Just, uh, you know, once Willow wins the title, we'll swoop in will win that title. I think Maria's thinking 3D chess for her, so I like this story, and I'm not necessarily thinking this is bringing the kingdom in. I think this is kind of making uh, Maria do her own thing, and okay. I would like I would like the fact that commentary brought up that she was a part of the board of directors, even if yeah. it's not they're using her for the women's division behind the scenes, which they should, even if it's not that, at least on screen, put her on the board of directors. That's what I would do. I like that idea a lot. I do, especially because I think it's pretty widely known how integral she was to the women's division before ROH shut down. Uh, I actually kind of feel like the ship has sailed with the Willow ROH title. I think if they ran it back, it would be a banger, but like she's, she's lost a few times now. And I feel like she just very quickly is like an AEW gal. Um, mm -hmm. I think she should probably hold one of those titles sooner rather than later. Um, and that would make me very, very happy. So, uh, but I feel like I would prefer to see it go to someone who's going to be sticking around ROH because I think Willow is going to keep working AEW. 
So I like that they're building up people, but I've got to say too, I also like that I'm not sure because we see Billy Starks come into the picture here. We get a, a little beat down after this match uh, that we see with Billy and Robin Renegade. That was a whole bunch of fun. Um, and Athena kind of starting to show respect to other people that feel like contenders. But let's dive in to Cole Carter and Rhett Titus before we get there. It's like both good and bad that Reg isn't on the show tonight because this is not Reg's guy. And tonight felt like just very generic wrestler 101 to me from Cole Carter. Now he's a young and growing talent. He's someone in ROH that's still kind of flying him, finding himself, but he thinks Maria has a crush on him. And I just think that was about the corniest angle that you could possibly take. And he looks and delivers this kind of like a Kendall. This was not for me tonight. And I also don't love that he went up against Rhett Titus. Now I love Rhett Titus being back on this brand because he is an integral part of this brand, but there's no part of me that bought that Cole Carter beats Rhett Titus today. Like it just wasn't the right guy for him to go up against in my opinion, but he does get the win here with a flying knee that goes into an, a nice looking backbreaker into DDT here. But um, I just don't feel like he's quite unlocked that thing that makes him unrepeatable yet. And he's not like in a faction or an underling or anything like that. So he kind of needs to have a little bit more meat on the bone here, but this is kind of what ROH is going to be used for, for performers like him, right? Like they're going to find themselves along the way, but for things that were on my screen tonight, this just didn't really hit a home run with me. If Reg were here, he would be ripping him to shreds. So Sad that we don't get to see the entertainment aspect of it. Glad that he's uh, not not reviewing stuff he didn't like here. But what were your thoughts on what we got? Uh, I mean, Cole Carter, I've, ne I've never been a fan of him, even when he was two dimes uh, and he got thrown <laughs> in the river. I have not liked him. I did like his finisher. Finisher looked good. Finisher's cool. But they had the, 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 the promo and then him in the ring. I was just like, man, I said earlier, that Adam Cole and MJF is AEW's answer to the bloodline. This is their answer to Austin Theory, but not even Austin Theory now. Austin Theory in 2019. It's like, oh man, like what are we even doing? Or, or if for older fans, for older folks, Sean Stasiak. Like it's like it's it just <laughs> comes off like dumb hunk that they think is just a good looking face. They're gonna put out there. They're gonna think they're gonna give him a little bit of a push, but. I don't think he has it. I don't want to do this, but I have to do this because it's so funny. Is Cold he default. the default call that, oh my gosh, when MJF yes. said that, tremendously popped. But that's actually kind of what we're saying here, I think, a little bit. Like, it it doesn't feel like it. But there's also should be a lot of patience to be had for someone that's this young at this, a growing star. This is, this is going to be a... Um, of finding place for people to to find their characters and who they are yeah. as a wrestler. Like there, some people here are still finding their identity. It's just difficult because the ROH roster is an embarrassment of riches as far as like in ring professional wrestling goes as well. So a little bit trickier. But someone who figured themselves out as a very young age is Billy Starks, and boy did she show it tonight. We get Robin Renegade with Charlotte Renegade, of course. At ringside here, Shea Monster saying, hey, guys, hope everyone's in a happy headspace and enjoying wrestling. Well, thank you. I am today. 
multiple storylines. Yes, we were also excited that stories are happening in our wrestling promotion. <laughs> Saying, oh, and they're teasing Billy as Athena's young lion. Yes, this is an interesting mm-hmm. development as well. I don't know if that's where they're heading with this. I wouldn't hate it. But real quick, we'll we'll run down the end of the match here. We get Renegade driving Starks into the mat headfirst, which was not my favorite near fall that I've ever seen. But Starks dumping Robin to the floor. And both Renegade twins getting hit with the plancha. Back in the ring, Starks hits the Swanton Bomb for the pinfall. She is way better than she has any right to be at this age. You don't get this good that young without a whole bunch of hard work. Um, Not only from an in-ring skill set, but the way that she navigated the two of them um, is not something that is naturally picked up on as a wrestler necessarily like that is a different can of worms from a storytelling angle and she just absolutely crushed it she looks so comfortable in the ring she looks very comfortable in roh especially which is always nice to see what were your thoughts on this match and then we'll get into the post match in our main event I really liked the matchup. I thought uh, this was one of the better Renegade twins, either tag team matches or single matches that I've seen. And it comes down to Billy Starks. It's just, yeah, like you said, so good in the ring. And I was actually surprised that that was the the finish, even though I've seen her, you know, get the win with that, with that, the Swanton before like that. I didn't expect that to be the win just there. So it kind of surprised me. So I like this matchup. I like building up Billy Starks. And uh, if Willow's not going to be the person, then. Maybe it's Billy to beat Athena. That's what I'm loving about Athena right now is it feels like nobody can beat her, but because it feels like nobody can beat her, it also feels like maybe it's Diamante. Maybe it's Layla. Maybe it's Billy. (laughs) Maybe it's somebody who we haven't seen yet. There's so many options here. My only complaint with this is the Renegade twins are a tag team. Uh, They are not identical twins. They do not look like they cannot pull off twin magic. So if they're not in a tag program, this just leaves them in a weird limbo. So that's that's my only complaint about that. That's not even something necessarily in their control, but yeah. I feel like we say it a couple of weeks in a row, it is kind of noteworthy that like commentary jokes about like it's twin magic, but obviously it's very clear which one of them is who. Um, so not the, the worst best twin there, magic but. ever. <laughs> yeah, next to, I remember the FTR twin magic that we got. That was not. Oh uh, yeah, that not was good. <laughs> FDR has not had a lot of missteps like in their whole lifetime, but that one was not great. But I'll tell you what is great. Josh freaking Woods, man. I love this guy, and I kind of like that he seems to be on his way out of the varsity athletes. Not that I had a problem with him in the varsity athletes, but the Josh Woods that we know from the pure division of ROH, this guy, him versus Silas Young next week, yeah, give me that. I feel like... There was a lot of fun stuff happening with him and Tony Nese, but his ceiling is so high as an individual competitor. He's so underrated. You guys are going to be blown away if you haven't seen him before by what he's capable of. I adore this guy. I'm glad to see him breaking out his own. Very excited to see him get his pure shot last week, which I thought was really good. I think the sky's the limit for this guy, so I'm, I'm very excited. Before we get to our main event, we get this little promo backstage with him and SmartMark. What did you, what did you think? I I like this opportunity for Josh Woods. I'm interested to see where this goes because it it felt like it was just 
the latest chapter in this story of kind of Joshua is kind of trying to split away, it seems, from Smart Mark Sterling. And I like the fact uh, Smart Mark chose Silas Young to be his opponent because, you know, you talked about earlier Athena possibly having Billy Starks as her uh, young girl or young gal. Uh, but uh, Silas Young... Lioness, <laughs> uh, uh, Silas Young Nala, used to have Josh Woods, Josh Woods as his right. young lion back in the ROH days. So kind of bringing them back together to get Josh Woods back on, uh, you know, the, the right page after his loss against Shibata last week. It makes sense. So I like that. I like that move a lot. Well played. I forgot about that. That's a, a really good pull. A good duo and in shout game. out to Silas Young, who was in front of Hammerstein Ballroom back in 2019 when I got hit in the back with a kendo stick for the first time. And he told me, he told me I took it like a G. Damn, okay. If he's saying that you're that's a that's a very valid valid opinion. That's one to assign some weight to. So and the mark. <laughs> I, <laughs> I believe it. We get, for our main event, our ROH World TV Championship Eliminator Tournament Final, which is a mouthful to say, I gotta tell you, but was a heck of a match, and I am looking forward to what we're getting out of it. Shane Taylor versus Gravity. Not exactly a high flyer. You would think Gravity would be on his side, but he was fighting Gravity tonight in what was a, a really fun match, and one that we knew was gonna go this way. Good for Gravity continuing to get work here in the AEW ROH umbrella. New Shane Taylor was going over, knew how this match was going to look. I have no complaints about the way that it did. I thought we were going to get Shane Taylor and Samoa Joe out of the first one of these tournaments. And my complaint about yeah, that man. was, uh, why don't we do this with a build? Because these two guys on the mic are going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. And they said, Kate, we hear you and we raise you. Another Eliminator tournament with a couple of weeks of build in here while Joe is off being Sweet Tooth or whatever the hell he's doing. Uh, I think this is great. I, I love this idea, and it deserves mic time because those promos are going to be fantastic, and then we are going to get some big, meaty men slapping meat, SB3. Looking forward to that. What do you think of our main event tonight and how that's looking to fold into the TV title picture? Can't wait to see some big meaty men slapping meat. And like you said, the promo battle, that's what I'm all about. I said the same thing with the Samoa Joe CM Punk thing when they had their matchup in the Owen Hart Cup. I was like, man, we're doing Samoa Joe and CM Punk and we can't get like promos to build it up and make it feel big. And same thing like you said with the Shane Taylor, Samoa Joe. So and I like that AEW is listening to all this and ROH and giving us the stuff that we need a with a little bit of build because they didn't announce when the title match is going to happen. So maybe we can get a face-to-face. -face. Maybe we can get an in-ring promo exchange. How many times have we done that in ROH when it's not in uh, Universal Studios? I think zero. I mean, like, I think they they have not done that when it's not in Universal uh, Studios, which because it's a they dark match that. or a late match, we don't get a whole lot. But we have backstages. I mean, the only yeah. thing that I actually remember is you're a nice guy, Samoa Joe and Zack Saber Jr. setting yes. those up, and I those happened in the ring a couple of times, but we really haven't seen it outside. That actually might have been at the studios too. I have a yeah, that was at Universal because yeah, that was at that Universal, was a 19 match card. That was the last time Reg wasn't here, and he abandoned me when there were 19 freaking matches. But we had a fun episode of ROH to talk about. We had Sean at the beginning of the show talking to us about what was going on with Bray Wyatt. But now... Ah, uh, you caught me. 
I did. We did catch you off guard. And we're going to bring in the losers of the Zicky Dice battle because we got them on ROH, baby. You guys. Hey, man. Listen, you want to know what the, you want to know what the winner you want to know what the winner is doing from that uh, that tag team? You want to know what he's doing? He's about okay. to discover the internet. Yeah, he just found out what the internet was today, and Johnny Swinger was like, "What's the internet, Daddy?" And I was like, "Oof, what's oh. it like being living stuck in the eighties?" I love uh, that. Probably better. I feel like nobody should show him the internet. It's hey, probably so much less complicated. Swinger giving a shout out to Simon Diamond in twenty twenty three was my favorite moment of all of Impact. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Good we. Got to steal Zicky Dice. How was uh, how was Impact tonight? We we had a strong episode tonight again, which was yeah. really refreshing to talk about. How how things shake out on your end? I liked it. I thought it was five out of five. That's just me. But it was a very like it wasn't like oh my god, I'm pissing myself. But it was a solid episode to me. Nothing was wrong. And honestly, shout outs to PCO being Impact's Undertaker Sting. I'm you know <laughs> I'm I'm happy for you. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, it was a good episode of Impact tonight. It was one of those uh, stuff gets done type of episodes. So sure. Storylines move forward yeah. and nothing like overstate its welcome. Like It felt like a good episode to watch. Well, not to brag, but ROH has storylines now. And some might even say multiple ones. So while ah. you're used to coming in here and seeing us very cranky, SP3 and I are all smiles. SP3, what was your match of the night tonight? Um... That's tough. Or segment. Or segment. I, I would I, I'm just gonna say Athena. Athena and Rachel Ellery. Usually usually my match of the night is Athena because I'm a minion. Of course. I'm a I'm a porcelain hussy and I oh, adore funny. I adore it. I'm I'm who she's targeting when she says porcelain trash hussy. And I still love her. That's how good this woman is. But I really liked uh the main event actually as well. Like I, I thought it was very well done. Shane Taylor feeling important to the program again feels good, but overall it felt like it's just nice to be back on track with this program, but we are already running late. I get to blame Sean a little bit for that, for taking up 10 minutes of the show at the That's beginning, fair. but we will let you guys get underway. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Stick around for the impact after the show. It sounds like it was a good one, so I look forward to hearing what's up. And say subscribe to Fight Plus Select because there's Let's some fun go. stuff going on. Plenty Wait. coming there. You want to be? Boy, is there. You want to be there. Trust me. You do. You want to be on top? That's the America's <laughs> Next just, Top Model reference. What just happened? What, just, oh, what? what? Well, what are we doing here? That that was an America's Next Top Model reference. Kate got uh-huh. it. I, the my target audience. Yeah, yeah. The target <laughs> audience was reached. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. SP3, you're going to have to confer with the other half. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask her. I'll see if she knows what's Say going on Say it just here. like that and ask her if that reminds her of Tyra Banks. And the worst case scenario, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the only, the only show she makes me watch is the Kardashians. So anytime I hear that boring, uh, slow voice of Kim Kardashian, it like haunts me. I was watching I've a challenge documentary she showed up. I don't on. even know what you're talking about with her dumb, boring <laughs> voice. I, target audience, again, reached. <laughs> I can do a pretty good Kardashian impression. Me and my sister talk to each other like this all the time. Oh, this is great. This is, this is great. This is great. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I have so, that and but, Tiffany Stratton and nothing else. That's my entire repertoire. You just heard it. Um, but we will let you get crack a leg and with impact. Guys, thank you so much for, for sticking around. I'm excited to hear about some stuff on Impact. I really want to hear about the Kushida stuff. So I am looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks, y'all. Bye, guys. Thanks, if there's guys. one thing Kate's going to do, it's basic white girl stuff. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.